Welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Are you trying to master the game of life without success? There are secrets and strategies to living your best life. We'll share some of them with you on today's show. Take advantage of this series to become an expert at relationships. All relationships. It's time to live the life that you deserve to live. Now, here's your host, Sandra Reich. Welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich, a show that talks about living and learning how to live your very best life. And we have a very big topic today and an important one. Um, Before I even go into it, I'll just mention if you want to join the conversation today at any point, give us a call at 1-866-472-5792. In a few minutes, I'll have a therapist joining me. So what is this big topic? It's funny, as the opening music was playing, um, it says become an expert in relationships, all relationships. Um, What do you do if you're in a relationship with a narcissist? And what is narcissism anyways? We use that word a lot Uh, how serious is it? We tend to say people are narcissistic all the time. And there's a difference between having narcissistic tendencies and being a full-on narcissist. Is there hope in a romantic relationship? Is there hope in a family relationship? What do you do? And the other question is, and I was enjoying preparing for this show, do these narcissists, are they born or are they made? And you know, one of the symptoms of narcissism is, you know, what we generally say is that narcissists are really in love with themselves. Are they really? So we'll try to tackle all of that today. That's a tall order. Um, There's been a lot of conversation about this show uh, even before we were on the air today because so many people have reached out and told me that they have a family member who's a narcissist or they're in a relationship with a narcissist and what to do and is this workable. Okay, so first we're going to start off with what is narcissism and also um, the difference between having narcissistic tendencies and having something called narcissistic personality disorder. So we'll start with the extreme. If someone has narcissistic personality disorder, typically they display errors of grandiosity. So they think very well of themselves, or at least that's how they come across. Another key characteristic of this personality disorder is a complete lack of empathy for other people and a constant need for admiration. Often we describe these people as arrogant, self-centered, manipulative, and demanding. Uh, They tend to be focused on their own fantasies of their own success, beauty, brilliance, so on and so forth. And they tend to think that they need and deserve special treatments. Now, the thing is that we see this in people, but one has to wonder where did it all come from? And I think that's where I want to start today because um, if you're in a relationship with a narcissist and you're listening to this show, you're probably extremely frustrated and extremely fed up and understandably so because I'll cut to the chase right now. It's almost impossible to have a relationship with someone if they have full-on narcissistic personality disorder uh, because you're you're doing the work yourself. So just so we don't get carried away in our frustration, let's try to get into the shoes of narcissists and try to understand how this disorder starts. So what we know from research is it starts in childhood, Um, and the idea is that growing up in 
childhood, um, a lack of parenting or narcissistic parenting creates in the child a sense that who they are is not okay. So they must develop a false self. And the false self is not really who they are. So it's either all good or all bad. It's almost like a split. So if we cannot be in touch with who we really are because in a normal family, in our, the hope is in our family of origin, there is some sense of acceptance that there are many levels to our personality, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But if there is no acceptance, well, you have to disown that part of yourself and develop a false self. And that false self is a part of yourself that you feel will make your parents come around. Of course, that doesn't work. Um, so the child is basically trying to avoid, desperately trying to avoid the emotions of remorse or gratitude or anything that could connect them very much because the connection is what creates the danger. So I want to, you know, not get too lost in psychobabble here. I really want to lay the groundwork. If you're growing up and your initial self is not accepted by your parents, then you need to develop another false self that you think will make you safe to not be rejected. The problem is that false self being, let's say, a very good girl or a very good boy, a perfect little girl, a perfect little boy, you cannot live up to that. Now, all children try to please their parents. So there's a little bit of narcissism in all of us, and I do want to you know, mention that, because that's how we start out. There's no question. Children have a lot of narcissistic tendencies. But as we become adults, as we grow, we learn that, you know, our true self, flawed and all, can still be lovable, but not for a narcissist. So therefore, if you're listening to the show, you and if you're in a relationship with a narcissist, you may have already observed that a narcissist cannot in any way handle the idea that there could be anything wrong with him or her. So if you're in a relationship and you discuss with your partner or in a family something that's wrong, the narcissist cannot take any accountability. There is not enough of what we call in psychology ego strength. I want to take a minute to explain that. So for you listening and for me here doing the show, ego strength is it's the part of us that, you know, reassures ourselves that we're okay. So you call me up and you say, I didn't like that show. It wasn't good. I didn't like it. It wasn't clear. My ego strength is the part of me that says, I'm still okay. Even if it wasn't a great show, I am still okay. And then I can, if I have really good ego strength, I can say to you, really, what didn't you like about the show? And I can even invite more criticism because I know I'm okay, even if, for in this example, the show wasn't okay. So if you have good ego strength, you generally will have good relationships with other people. The narcissist has no ego strength. So the idea that there could be something wrong with them is too scary for them to fathom. So therefore, how do they protect themselves from any perceived criticism or anything wrong with them? Well, they must turn on you. You must be the problem. So a lot of people have asked 
even today during the day, is it really possible to have a good, healthy relationship with a narcissist? And unless that person, if they're fully in narcissism, is going to therapy like three, four times a week, um, and even then, we're still not sure, but without that piece of the pie, it's the research does not support that you can have a healthy relationship. Because again, we got to take a step back here, is a healthy relationship requires the ability for both people to be able to say, oh, you know, I, I'm sorry, I may have hurt you, or that wasn't good, or I get why you're upset about that. A narcissist will not ever allow the feeling that they made a mistake. So it's a defense mechanism to protect against any quality in them that's less than perfect. So to keep the narcissism alive, they need to constantly be feeding it with accomplishments, achievements, trying to show off. And I do want to talk about, and you know, we'll probably after the break, we'll talk about some symptoms. How would you know you're in a relationship with a narcissist? Uh, but before that, I do want to say that narcissists simply cannot allow the mere suggestion that they're not perfect. So for segment one, the question I put out to you is, is the reason a narcissist cannot accept that they're not perfect because they think they're so great and their ego is so inflated? Well, hopefully if you've been listening, the answer resounding is no, it's the exact opposite. They actually think so poorly of themselves that that is why they cannot even consider that there could be something wrong because their ego will just crack. They cannot take accountability for any hurts or any boundary crossings because they're just not sturdy to handle this. So uh, we'll come back and we'll talk about the traits of narcissists to see if the person you're dealing with, are they a narcissist and how you can protect yourself. Um, it's very, very difficult because a narcissist, that defense mechanism that gets developed in childhood is extremely, extremely strong. The narcissist has learned what he or she must do to survive life. And part of a very big part of what that is that they need to do is to not feel that they could possibly be the problem. But where does that leave you now? When we come back, another thing we're going to tackle is what if you grew up in a family with a narcissistic parent? And what does that even mean to have a narcissistic parent? Does it mean your parents were really strict? No, it doesn't mean that. But it's going to mean some very serious problematic things. And there could be a family member, there could be an aunt, there could be an uncle, there could be a sister or a brother or a romantic relationship. And if you're right now in a narcissistic relationship uh, or in a relationship with a narcissist, you are for sure very much suffering and you probably are a caretaking type of personality trying to bend over backwards, walk on eggshells to try to see if you could make things good. And again, how did you get here? If it was family, well, you were born into it. If it's a romantic relationship, narcissists at first will do everything in their power to make sure you fall in love with them. But once they have you, unfortunately, the situation changed. So that's a lot of stuff to take in. So it's definitely time to take a break. We'll be back um, um, in a couple of minutes. I'll have uh, Georgia Dow uh, psychotherapist here joining me to tackle this huge topic. We'll talk about 
uh, narcissistic parents will talk about romantic relationships with narcissists and what what are the signs in case you're not sure. So don't go far. We'll be right back on Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at helpforanxietydepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or helpforanxietydepression.com. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety. Featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. We are back. Lots of people, lots of questions, lots of things going on on this topic. If you want to call us, we're at 1-866-472-5792. You can also text at 1-514-796-4357. Or if you prefer to email info at helpforanxietydepression.com. So I want to go back over the fact that, again, there's a spectrum here when it comes to narcissism. Um, There's only about 5% of the population that have full-blown narcissistic personality disorder, uh, whereas there's a very much higher amount uh, percentage of men and women who have some narcissistic traits. Now, that's hopeful because if there's narcissistic traits, uh, there's still you know, a lot we can do with that. If you are currently in a relationship with a narcissist, you've probably spent way more time than you'd like to admit figuring out why that person is the way they are. And it's, you know, it's, it's like climbing a mountain and falling back down again. So let's look at a little bit, the signs of narcissism, what shows up. So one of the things that will show up in someone who has either narcissistic tendencies or narcissistic personality disorder is they tend to be, um, listening only when talking about themselves. Uh, They're not that interested in any other conversation. They're interested in conversation about them. Uh, Your opinions are either wrong or of not much importance. And, 
you putting input would actually make the narcissist feel quite insecure. So they have a tendency of putting you down. They may talk down to you like you're an idiot. Um, another sign, again, is it's all about me. The narcissism is the conversations, all roads, anything we're talking about, link back to me. Because the only reason I'm interested in you is if I want something and I need to have it and you have it, I'll do what's necessary to get it from you. But it's, again, only to serve my basic needs. Another sign is that the rules do not apply to me. If I'm a narcissist, the rules don't apply to me. They apply to other people. They do not apply to me. I can cut in lines. I can cheat on my taxes. I can ignore rules that get in the way of what I'm doing. I'm allowed to do whatever I want because I am special and I am more important than others. And another piece that I want you to keep in mind is your concerns are any concern you have is just a criticism of me. And I don't like being criticized, so I have no interest in that. So if you're in a relationship with a narcissist, your concerns are going to trigger the feeling that maybe they're doing something wrong. And therefore, I don't want to hear it. I'm going to take a little pause here to welcome to the show just walked into the studio right now, the incredible and very, you know, she's amazing, but I, you know, I'm not saying it only to introduce her. We need her because this is such a big topic. And I, you know, I welcome, uh, I welcome you, Georgia back to straight talk. So you can join us. So first of all, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you. I walked right in because the rules don't apply to me. Right. <laughs> right. Right. I was just saying that we all have a bit of narcissistic tendencies. Yes. We have to be careful about yes. this because we've cut in lines ourselves. You we and I have. We might have. We might we've have cut in Yeah, we might have. So there's a big difference between narcissistic tendencies and narcissism as a whole. Um, we're, we've gone through a little bit of a definition. We're talking about the dangers of being in a, narciss a relationship with a narcissist. So, you know, I want to, you know, put you on the spot, jump right in. I mean, you deal with this all the time in your practice. Um, the research certainly does not support that it's it's close to impossible to have a relationship with a narcissist. Your thoughts? Yeah, no, it's, it absolutely is because the narcissist is really only interested in having a relationship with themselves. And even usually a narcissist will find someone will, that will feed their narcissistic needs and so you are constantly giving and the narcissist is constantly taking at an emotional level, sometimes on a physical level, on many different areas to that. And so you will always end up depleted. And that can be really difficult because there's no way to fix that. Because even to tell someone and to, to have it, like some narcissist, the easiest way to find out if someone's a narcissist, ask them. It, that, that's not even a joke. That actually is true. There's like 14-point scale, a 28-point scale. There's different scales to find out if someone's narcissistic. But the it, it is as accurate as asking them how, you know, how much, how high do you value yourself? How much do you, how much do you find that you're narcissistic? And that actually has a great way of, of saying, you know, yes or no to being an actual narcissist. It's true. And I, I really like the point that you brought up sort of about the empty pit, because who gets drawn to narcissists are caretakers yeah. and caretakers who may have grown up with narcissistic parents themselves and very much have learned to please, mm -hmm. to please. So they'll keep trying with a narcissist to yes. give more and more and, and you more. And think that if you can give enough, yes. it will heal their narcissistic yes. wound, right? Because yes. underneath this bravado of, I know everything, I'm great, I'm perfect, I'm right. we talked about that, yeah. a huge ego wound. Right. And that if that, you know, I, 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 you know, end up finding out about this or something that damages that you really do end up with this crack 
to to the narcissist, which can be very volatile, can be really upsetting, can be really could be attacking back. It can be quite explosive. Yeah, well, they're prone to anger. There's no question about it because if they even have the mere idea that you might be criticizing them, oh, yes. there's no way they're going to take that. The empty pit, though, is, you see, this is a little bit, I, I really want to highlight this because it's very much, and I, I love the way you said it, is that it's like a, almost like a drug addiction because you're mm-hmm. going to try harder and harder to please. Now, narcissists often can be appear to be insightful. Yes. They can have moments of insight where they're like, yeah, I'm being narcissistic. But they may not care. They like, don't. They, they, they say it. But almost like it's cute or it's they're they're not the amount they, they lack in empathy. So they don't they might fake empathy. They may show um, some empathy. And again, everything's on a scale to that. But they lack that true feeling of empathy. They feel empathy only truly for themselves. Right. And so they can feign it. They could say it. But even when they're saying it, there's this behind the scenes of, but, you know, but I'm so amazing and wonderful that, you know, that's going right. to be okay. I think that's, that's uh, people get trapped a lot in that. We see mm-hmm. that in our practice a lot because when they seem to have those moments of insight, you get the feeling like, oh, okay. Like now this- you're going to try to work on yeah, it. Yeah. But there's no chance they're going to work on it because again, to work on it, as we you know talked about how narcissism starts in childhood, developing a false self is that there's, it's just far too dangerous for the narcissist. Now, the other thing about narcissists is they need constant feeding. Yes. So they're very, they, they need constant accomplishments and they need constant accolades. So you can't even be enough. It's impossible. No. Yeah. No, and, and it's one of these primal wounds, right? Uh, many narcissists' parents, they they neglected them or they didn't give them enough or they gave them this false sense of who they are because they want their, you know, often you end up with narcissistic parents having narcissistic kids oh, yes. for many different reasons, but they want their kid to be great so that that makes them great. And it's not just great, it's the greatest, it's the best, it's the most amazing, and right. this is this, and I can do that. And in a lot of ways, they may see char- seem charming yeah. or seem very... Um, Affable, yeah, but it is for a purpose. Well, I'm so glad you said that because I was just about to ask you that: is can narcissists and is it true that narcissists can be extremely, extraordinarily charming? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, they, and they're killers, like in charms. They because then you like them, and that makes me feel good. Yeah, so they want, so they'll bring you in and they'll feed you exactly what you want, but then. Yes, you there's know, a cost. There's a huge cost. And plus, they since they're so empty inside, they can't be satisfied with just you. Mm-hmm. That can't be enough. Yes. So it's really tricky. It's it's a difficult thing. I, I often, sometimes when I, I have, like, you know, when I, one of my signs to notice is someone a narcissist um, is when I'm talking about myself or something else. Now, there's the one thing of that they then bring it to talk about themselves. Right, right, right. But a lot of people do the one-up thing. Yeah. You know, I hurt my finger. Well, I really hurt my arm. That does happen to people that are non-narcissistic. But that they turn off. They don't want to listen here and yeah. in a conversation that is not... About and, them. And not about them. So what I always do is, I, you know, I'm like, oh, I wonder why they're like always every time we're talking about a different subject, they seem to like look away and they're they're withdrawn to that. And then I'll mention something about them and you see them perk right up. Like it's like, boom, yeah, they just perk yeah. right back up because, oh, now this is something I care about me. There's a, there's a great joke, a, a joke of um, narcissism, which is, you know, like they go. They go on and on about themselves, and I did this, and what about that, and then I did this, and what about that, and then they said, "Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, enough uh, of, about me. About me talking about me. Now you can talk about me." Right, right, right. Yeah, it's a great one. Um, so, okay, so 
we've got all this going on. You might be in, you know, as many people today I was saying wrote to me about this topic that there's someone in their family or a relationship. And another problem with family members and relationships is that narcissists can be very manipulative and they use guilt and they often, the the victim card is used. So if there's a problem, it's your fault. There's a problem. What do you think about that? Like, what are your thoughts on that, Georgia? But of course it has to be, be your fault. It can't be the narcissist's fault. They can never admit blame Yes. to be able to accept responsibility. But if you were just a bit more understanding, I wouldn't be like this. Exactly. Which as a caretaker, that will really pull into you because they'll have moments of truth to that. There might be some points that they have that they will then cling on to that make you think, well, maybe, maybe they are right. And again, they're masters at this. They're amazingly good at it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm really glad you're saying that because they will say something in you yes. that you feel insecure about, yes. which will make you question everything. That's one of the ways of knowing you're in a relationship with a narcissist is if you're constantly questioning yourself, something's up. And and I think that, that with that and that feeling of questioning yourself is you're always trying to do more. In a lot of unhealthy relationships, you're always trying to do more in hopes that this will then make stable ground in the relationship. And it's just you're giving more, you're doing more, you're finding energy, you're worrying about it, you're trying to to preempt bad things not to happen in hopes that then this is going to make this relationship okay. And unfortunately, there never is. And they'll naturally be inclined to even know what those areas, because they'll try many different areas. And then they find that one area in their other person, their significant other or friend or family member that works. And then they'll hook onto that and they'll use that again and again and again until that card no longer works. Yeah, it's... It's tricky, and I, you know, I'm glad you're highlighting it so much because, you know, in preparing for the show, the research really shows that actually, if you're in a romantic relationship with a narcissist, you got to get out, it, you know, or you have to accept that it's going to be a very distant relationship. Or one research I saw said, you know, maybe if they were going to therapy three, four times a week, there might be some hope. But a narcissist is unlikely to feel there's anything wrong with them to go to therapy. They, they it, it is um, a very difficult personality type to treat and yeah. for them to get help because usually they're not going to go to get help because they love that they're a narcissist and they love themselves and then if they actually get through to the core of what is an issue that will cause that narcissistic kind of crack exactly which will be so devastating and painful um that it's it's very hard like i i don't see many people no. that are narcissists that come in i will Actually, I've never had anyone that is a narcissist that's come in with their narcissism being what they want to treat. Right. Right. It's funny, you know, we're going to go to the break and, you know, we'll come back. But it's funny you were saying because they love themselves so much. And ironically, that's, again, their false self because they actually don't don't love love themselves at all. I was going to say that. I was going to reiterate that it's not true love. It's not true love. It's their But it's a defense mechanism that's Mm -hmm. so strong and, you know, you're fighting against something that's so huge if you're in a relationship with a narcissist. We've seen it. We've done cases together. I can mm-hmm. think of one right now. Yeah. Um, when we come back, I want to also talk about if you've grown up with a narcissistic parent and what does that mean? Because we see that all the time too. And it's 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 quite a serious thing. And you have to be very careful. I, I want to put it out there before the break that this there's something about this that we could use the word toxic. Mm -hmm. that we have to be very careful. So some of you listening might have a sister, a brother, an aunt, an uncle, a parent, and the answer is still always going to be the same. You have to have incredible boundaries or there's going to be a very bad fallout for you. 
you know, and uh, uh, one more teaser before the break, and I'll, I'll throw it at you and we'll come back and you'll answer it, is why are martyrs and caretakers so drawn to narcissists? We'll be right back on Straight Talk with Sandrish. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety, featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at helpforanxietydepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or helpforanxietydepression.com. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. So I'm here with Georgia Dow, a top psychotherapist at the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression, co-director of Anxiety Videos, really a great resource, I must say, if you're struggling with the stress that this could be causing you. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Um, I asked her before the break, um, I put her on the spot, and I asked the question, why are martyrs and caretakers so drawn to narcissists and vice versa? Narcissists will find a martyr. Why? Oh yeah. What's will. that all about that? Dance? They will. Well, so let's, let's go into the, the, you know, what is a martyr and a caretaker? So people that have a reason to feel like they have to give to others and feel good when they're giving a narcissistic relationship, you will always get that feed. You'll always be able to give to them. And so right. at first it feels kind of good. And when you give to a narcissist, they will reward you with that at first because they want to get more. more. Yeah. So this is, it's like a, in some ways, in a, an ill way, it works because the caretaker wants to care for someone. The, mar- the narcissist wants to be cared for and given lavished with attention and time and effort. Right. And so that kind of It starts works. good. It starts off in a way that seems really nice, and the yeah. narcissist will will flood with attention in that, so that they get more of this. And people that are not strong martyrs or caretakers would not put up with a narcissist because they don't want to give and give and give. So there isn't that same positive versus negative that right. kind of happens out. A narcissist will also seek out this because they need. There's such a pit that is 
unable to ever, ever be filled. And because of that, they need either a lot of people. And most people get, after a while, sick of having someone with strong narcissistic tendencies to be with because they are truly endless pits to that. And they start to realize this is an unequal relationship. But for people that are martyrs, this gives them a reason to always be a martyr, which fulfills that need. And for caretakers, until they're at that empty point, they feel, you know what, I can do something. So, you know, I guess in listening to you very carefully, I think it's important that we highlight that, you know, we talked about the narcissist getting help, but perhaps if you're in a relationship with a narcissist, it's oh. really good to seek out professional help. And you can be helped. And absolutely, because if you're a self-sacrificer mm-hmm. and someone like yourself is explaining that in a relationship, there's supposed to be a give and take. And it's not just give, 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 give. And maybe one day you'll get something. There's a lot of hope. And the thing about that is it's a very positive thing, but it's also we have to start with a little bit of a disturbing thing, because if you're staying in the relationship with the narcissist, it's your stuff that's almost as unhealthy as the narcissism. And caretakers are, you know, known to be really nice people. But actually, that's there's a pathology to that. Like, why oh, would yeah. you keep doing that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, and, it's tricky. And, you know, most people will say to me um, that, that, um, that they're like, but sometimes it's so great. It's so wonderful. And they're not always like that. And things can sometimes be, you know, really, really wonderful. But you want to think about it, how much is this, like, some relationships are, there's positives and there's negatives to them. There's very few relationships that are just negative. Like, almost any relationship, even exceptionally unhealthy relationships, there's probably some great highs mm. to that. Mm-hmm. But is it, what is its net? If you put it all together, are you out a 51% relationship or a 20-80 relationship? How much do you have to give? Because there's some relationships that are a net zero or net minus 10 mm. relationship. Well and said. you want to look at that. So when we say this, they're not always going to be horrible and narcissistic and going through that, even very strong narcissists. But how much are you giving compared to what you're getting? And where does that leave you feeling? Yeah, it's, it's, it's really a good question. I also like the choice of words, the highs is I think that also it's, we're looking for relationships that although you may have high moments, it's not so much highs and lows. There's a little bit more mm, of a steadiness a to your point. relationship. Yes, very good you point. know, adult mature relationships are more steady than relationships with narcissists. Um, I'm going to sh- shift gears a little bit. And I'm going to talk about narcissistic parenting because mm. tragically we see this in a lot of our clients because a lot of them have grown up with narcissistic parents. So I want to start with a definition. And the definition that I found is it's someone who lives through, is possessive of, or engages in marginalizing competition with the offspring. Now, this shows up a lot in anxious patients, which we work with a lot, because a narcissistic parent does not want the child to become independent. Now, why would a parent not want a child to become independent? But the fact is that if your child stays dependent on you, then you can still feel important. I personally can remember a case where a a woman of about 32 years old showed up in my office and she had severe anxiety. And in doing the intake, she told me that she was still sleeping with her parents. There was nothing sexual about it, but her parents were encouraging her to come into their bed every night. This would be an example of encouraging. And I think that's an important piece to get out to people 
people that even if your parents are not fully narcissistic or you're a parent and you're not a full on narcissist, but if you're encouraging dependency in your child, Mm -hmm. that is, has a narcissistic, that has a selfish narcissistic flavor to it because our job as parents is to teach our children to be as independent as possible i mean we're not sending them out with the wolves at two years old but we are trying to prepare them for life yes exactly in that you know when a a parent has has a, a strong narcissistic tendency to that here you have this child that if they need you, this is someone that looks up to you, that's never going to be able to leave you, that wants, you know, that, that gets a lot of vicarious feelings of their narcissism through this child. And that relationship to a narcissist works really well. But then as this child gets older and there's a lot of fighting that happens when a child then starts to become independent right. or think differently or question or have have conflict with the parent, which is healthy and normal for teenagers, not always the most pleasant of times to go through, but it is one of the healthy parts of a relationship. But for a narcissistic parent, this causes that feeling of like this crack, this person that needed me, you know, two years ago, and now they're trying to speak up against me and saying that I am wrong. They cannot cope or handle with that. And so they often will use guilt or manipulation or money or power to try to keep the relationship to be that they're in the power position and the child is not. Yeah, it's it's, it's disturbing because um, we see sometimes uh, a parent marginalizing the child, uh, the critical parent or the critical relative or the critical, it could be anyone, a relationship where they're putting down the child, putting down the child. And how does that feed? Why does a narcissist do that is to keep putting down the child? I'll let you answer that, Georgia. Yeah, well, because if the child gets put down, they'll lose their own feeling of self-esteem. They'll become more anxious and not sure of their, their own actions in the world. And so now who do I need for my strength? Them. Right. And this can happen in a way that, you know, we have adult children that still cannot make decisions without their parents because of they have not been able to form fully as their own person or they themselves could be narcissistic. Yeah. You know, some narcissistic parents, it's the opposite. They want you to succeed and do well, but for themselves. So that they can show off at a dinner party. Ex- exactly. Right. And and brag about that. And my child is great. Here is what it is. And they can, you know, they, they force their child to be the head of the, the cheerleading because that's what they wanted. They're doing it through their child. So they're almost using them as um, an envoy for, for their own narcissistic needs to that. And so sometimes even what we would consider good parenting of trying to give them lots of opportunities and to do well at it can take the level of it's actually out of a wound and a need to that, not in a healthy way. What is the fallout of growing up with a narcissist parent? I mean, what do you see in your office? It, it shakes their entire foundation of who they are, like their feelings of trust. Many, many, many people that I see that have narcissistic parents, they don't trust people anymore. They don't trust their own words. They don't trust what is true. They don't believe in themselves. And they often have a lot of difficulty with other people's relationships because they may get attracted to someone that's narcissistic or that treats them badly because they haven't learned what is a healthy relationship and they don't have a healthy relationship with themselves. What what do you sometimes see? Well, I really see a lot of anxiety. Yes. I really see a lot of anxiety because a narcissistic parent uh, lacks empathy. So oh, very good point. Right. So yes, there's, yes. they can't be understood. So they're stuck with these feelings. What are they supposed to do? Oh, so our yeah. sympathetic nervous system once again turns on fight or flight. What do I do? Oh, I love that. So, what do I so do? this 
So this this child never gets validated. No, exactly. So, so no whenever they soothing. have a feeling right. that they're upset, this this parent, right? So it goes into the attachment theory, right? Yes, it does. Yes, because nice. this parent can never attune to what their child needs. Right. Huh. Right. So then, you know, that is often the person who will show up with an anxiety problem. There's no learning of self-soothing. How are you supposed to learn to self-soothe? We learn to self-soothe from our parents yes. soothing us. Yes. Narcissistic parents don't give you that. And I mention this because, you know, you and I treat, we specialize in anxiety. And so a lot of people who follow the show, a lot of people listening, you know, yeah. they're wondering why a lot of people say, office, why did I get anxiety? Yes. If yes. those needs were not met, you're going to end up with anxiety. But therein lies some good news because we can, you know, you can learn to self-soothe. You can teach yourself many, many strategies. This is actually how we started anxiety videos. Do you want to say a few words about that? Yes, that's, that's one of the reasons is that, you know, a lot of people are dealing with anxiety and boundary issues, which is also really good if you have someone that's in your life that you cannot just break away from that has narcissism. Uh, having good boundaries and consequences is really important. And we created anxiety videos in order that if you wanted to treat this and help yourself in the comfort of your own home, that you can. Um, the website is anxiety-videos.com. Yep. And it's just to help teach you to be able to take care of yourself and start to heal to that. And do you see people also with anger? I see a lot of people with anger because, again, it's the same concept. They haven't learned what to do with it. Mm. Again, in this world... And in, you know, as we raise our kids and as we develop relationships, we need a safe place to fall. We need to be able to express emotions and feel it's okay to be upset. It's not okay to punch someone in the face, but it's okay. If you've lived with a narcissist, any aspect of your life, it is not okay to get angry. It is not okay to have feelings. So then starts the suppression of emotions. Suppression of emotions is going to lead to anger, anxiety, or disease. There you have it. There we go. Uh, we're going to take a short break and we're going to come back and again, try to navigate how do we find the light at the end of the tunnel in this? And what if there's someone listening right now who's in really in love with the person? Like, I worry about that person in love with the narcissist. What can they do? You know, how do they, we've said they have to leave the relationship, but, you know, what if they don't want to leave the relationship? Uh, we'll come back and we'll discuss that. And we'll also, if you're listening, and this could happen, that somebody suspects that they have tendencies towards narcissism and they don't want to stay that way. They want to learn empathy. Can they learn? Mm. Uh, we'll be right back and we'll talk about that with Georgia Dow on Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at HelpForAnxietyDepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or HelpForAnxietyDepression.com. 
change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety, featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. Your life, your health, your network. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. Okay, so big topic. Time is running by. Uh, on the break, we were discussing a couple of things. I'm going to go through now some signs that you may have had a narcissistic mother or father. And after we go through that, uh, Georgia was bringing up a very important point. What if you're working with a narcissist? What do you do then? So we're going to talk about that as well. So very briefly, if you've grown up with a narcissistic mother or father or you wonder if you had, these are signs that it might have been the case is that you're – If their parents are narcissistic, they will try to control you through codependency. Things like, don't leave me, I need you, I can't live without you, is an example of that. Guilt may have been laid on very thick. You felt your parents only loved you when you did what they wanted. Uh, They may have even liked to get even with you. If you did something wrong, there was a punishment right away. And I don't mean in a healthy adult way, I mean in the petty childish way. Your boundaries were not respected. And this is a good lesson for all of us to remember mm-hmm. in our parenting is you there are boundaries for children. There are boundaries for everybody. Another sign is they competed with you. And another one is they owned your accomplishments. Oh, yes. Okay, that's, that's a, a very big one. Um, they lied to you. It's another way of really confusing a child and it's manipulating and controlling Uh, Again, the famous listening that you brought up at the beginning of the show, Georgia, they never listened or cared about your feelings. Uh, They may have insulted you, as we talked about, marginalized the child and complete control over the child, possibly gaslighting, making you feel confused about your situation. And last but not least, I want to mention is the family will always want to present a perfect image to outsiders. Mm -hmm. We must come across like we're perfect. Now, I wanted to run through those very quickly. That's how it happens in a family, but that's actually how it happens in any situation. So if you've grown up with narcissistic parents, we've said you can get help. And we've talked about some of the ways of getting help, seeking out a professional, the videos, things you can do to help yourself and learn boundaries mm-hmm. for sure. Yes. Very important. We've talked about romantic relationships, perhaps considering Leaving the relationship, although I do want to ask you if someone feels they don't want to leave the relationship, that's question one for you. And question two is, okay, what about if it's not a romantic relationship? You're working with a narcissist. Right. Okay. So yeah. take it away, Georgia. So so for both of those, I would say that boundaries is exceptionally, exceptionally uh, important. And if you're with someone that's a narcissist working or in a relationship, they have to be strong boundaries that have consequences. Oh, I'm glad you and said the consequences. If you have consequences to actions of this and that because 
again, it, it's, it is a very difficult relationship to be into. Um, also, unfortunately, narcissists have less of a chance of faithfulness because they need that constant accolade. And so that's important. So when you get stop doing it because eventually that lovesick time of like, you know, the, the, the light shines from your eyes like the sun. After a while, that goes away and you go into a mature relationship. Now I need to seek that feeling from someone else. So that's an important point. So you're saying that there's a likelihood for uh, extramarital re- affairs. There's, there is a, a greater chance to right. that. And, yeah, and it's I think that's just, important. Yes. So, and because you cannot continue that up. And so strong boundaries are really important. If you're in the work situation, mm. have it all in writing. Everything. Have it in writing. You want me to do something? Please send me an email to that. Or I'm going to send you the email back. Please sign off on it. Because a narcissist will not, they'll say, you know what, give me three blue shirts. And later you bring them three blue shirts and they say, no, I said three white shirts. They're really angry and it's your fault. And you're like, you really said blue. You just, if you have it in writing with someone that's a narcissist, because they can never take responsibility for their actions. Everyone makes mistakes, but a narcissist that would again, cause them to be wrong and they can't accept that. So they must blame you. Then you have something to go back on. It covers. It's a great strategy. Really good. Um, You know, uh, do things, don't work with them if possible. Do projects on your own instead of working with someone that makes you feel bad. When you do something great, it's all of them. When you do something wrong, it's all you. It can become really exhausting to that. In a relationship, I would say make sure that you have your parenting rules. Mm -hmm. Again, in black and white, write it down so that we all are on at least the same page. Uh, Have a third person. Be there. If you have to do something with someone else, try to bring someone else in. It's a buffer. It also then you can check yourself if they're trying to conflate things or change things and you're feeling confused to it. At least it kind of you can have that barometer of am I doing too much? Am I doing too little to that? And no, you can't fix them. It's not your job to fix someone else. And you truly can't. Okay. Family member. You get together at Christmas, the holidays. There's someone in your family who's a narcissist. Mm -hmm. You still have to see your family. Do you? You want to see your family. You want to see the other members of the family. I always ask that. Okay, you want to then? There's someone sitting there who's a narcissist who's going to blame you and not take any responsibility, and you're going to end up walking out that night a disaster. Okay. What do you do? I I like this one because we talked about this. We did this one. (laughs) We did this one in a talk. Just because someone throws the guilt or blame at you does not mean you have to catch it. Okay. So don't engage. They want to start a fight. They want to say you did it. You don't have to even play that game. Everyone else knows who this person is. Just change the subject, do something else, or act like it didn't happen. You want to, if if you cannot physically be divested of this person, you want to emotionally be divested of this person. If you cannot emotionally, this still causes you to be triggered because of all of your childhood time together. Journal it. Journal it out. I do it. I make my husband do it. There's something that's spinning in your head. You write it out. What bothers me? Why does it bother me? What are my feelings and what can I do in the future to try to help protect myself to that? Well, what about the, okay, I just have a little question here. Please, please. So you have your good boundaries, you're journaling, but of course it's very hard because you're around someone who's narcissistic and they're not taking any responsibility. So you're getting hurt. Yes, but you are allowing them because you care 
yeah. to hurt you. And Which, you want to divest yourself knowing that not everyone can be salvaged and they're probably going to remain narcissistic for the rest of your life. Don't put your eggs of need in their basket in hopes that they're going to care for your eggs. Brilliant. Georgia, one last question, and it's a big one. Someone listening in love with a narcissist and knows that it's not helpful, but doesn't want to leave. What do they say to themselves? They're going to say at listening to the show, oh my God, I must be a huge loser. How do we make sense of somebody who's invested in a relationship with a narcissist? We, we don't choose who we fall in love with. And none of us, even therapists, we can fall in love. Go seek help. Go see a counselor in this case. Get if support. you want to deal with it. Then also maybe that person, because there are narcissists that have worked on who they are and gotten better to that. It's just extremely difficult, but this is not an impossibility to that. So seek help. Seek help. Definitely. And then there's your person. third person. Yes. Wow. Nice, nice, nicely said. Um, Georgia, you're amazing. And I love the way you explain things in a way that people really get. If people want to reach you, how do they do that? Um, you can check out on the website, anxiety-videos.com, or they could call. They can call the center, 514, she never knows the number, 777-4530, or the center's website, helpforanxietydepression.com. I'm guessing you don't know that one after seven years. I don't ever. I, More I, than seven years. <laughs> I'm there. I don't oh, go dear. there. <laughs> it's but, a link on my computer. I don't need to. But people it. may may want to reach you yes. if they're in this situation, or may want to reach the clinic to discuss this because, again, it's a very it's a, it's a battlefield. It's yes. difficult. So thank you so much for helping me with this show because I was like the first segment I was struggling. Like it's it's <laughs> it's loaded. It's struggle. loaded. I needed somebody well, with me, and you made it you. so great. So thank you so much. And we have a great show coming up with Georgia next week as well. That's all the time we have left today. So again, thank you, Georgia Dow. Thank you. Um, and I want to thank everyone else for listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Rich. I'd like to invite you to come back next week for another interesting show. If you're interested in our retreats, therapy, or any media that was mentioned on this show, check out helpforanxietydepression.com. You can hear this and any prior show as a podcast on the website, straighttalksandareesh.com. We're on the podcast app of your iPhone and on iTunes under Straight Talk with Sandra Reesh. And feel free to drop a line to me or Georgia at info at helpforanxietydepression.com. If you're a professional and you're looking for keynote speakers or training on anxiety, narcissism, depression, emotional regulation, or living a purposeful life, remember that we are your source for evidence-based practice and education. My name is Sandra Reesh, and I promise I'll help you learn to live your best life again next Thursday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, this is Straight Talk with Sandra Reesh, and keep your eyes on the stars. Thank you for listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reish. We hope you've enjoyed today's show and we'll tune in again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Now, go live your best life.